The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonall. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you've got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts Yes. Get your money mind right. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. And this segment is sponsored in part by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. <laughs> are you mocking me? No, I'm just, I'm just, you know. You're mocking me. Well, I guess you could say that, but, you know. It's all in fun. I mean, I'm I'm not doing it behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so, um, yeah. So, by the way, for those of you who are joining us, I'm Heather Wagonhalls, your hostess with the Financial Mostest, your purveyor of prosperity. And this holiday season, uh, like, well, every holiday season, I am flanked by the maestro <laughs> of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we are going to help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. Uh, so first off, we have our moolah word of the day, and it has to do with – it's a person. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's your only tease. It's a person. And then we also have um, – what's our key this week? Our key is uh, remember real estate, number 10. Yes, it is. And so on today's show – I figured it's proximal because of the holiday shopping season. Proximal. I like that. You like my word? Proximal. My big word. Three syllables. Does that have anything to do with approximate? Well, yeah, like proximity, like close proximity. to, far away from. Cool. So it's so it's you know, it's another way to a fancier way to say relevant. Yeah, nice. Proximal. So I'm saying proximal. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so it's it's very now. We're hip and now on yeah. today's show because we are going to talk about holiday shopping tips. Perfect. And not just about like where to get the best deals because that's not what this is about. This is about how do we save our financial future and create value for the holiday. And we're going to incorporate a couple of past keys. We're going to do all kind of cool things on Sounds today's good. show. Um, yes, plus we're also going to talk about one of my areas of speciality, which would be identity theft. Oh. And so we're going to talk about some identity theft uh, and credit card fraud mitigation techniques also. So we're going to roll it all into one because it all has to do with consumer fraud is super high during the holidays. And so how do we protect ourselves from holiday fraud, get what we need to get done, and not break the budget? So we're going to be able to do that all in like one show. Yeah, cool. Or at least we're going to try. Okay. Uh, So um, first off, uh, let's talk about – uh, our moolah word of the day. Where did they go? The word is underwriter for our oh. moolah word of the day, and uh, an underwriter um, is a is a couple of things. Um, an underwriter um, can be uh, not just a person, but it could be like an office 
or a category kind of thing. I mean, it's a great word. I've all, I've always never really got it. But for the purposes of investing, an underwriter is an investment bank that acts as an intermediary between the issuing company and the investors who purchase the company's debt instruments and or stock at the initial public offering or IPO. So the underwriter buys the newly issued securities from the company and sells them to investors on the secondary market through a stock exchange. Okay, so there there is the insurance example. So an underwriter assesses the risk and creates whatever the fee would be to um, insure that particular risk. Um, and also, for our purposes, and since it's relevant to this week's key, remember, real estate, an underwriter um, evaluates criteria to make loan determinations. So we talked about the four layers of risk on create credit, key nine. And then on uh, uh, this week's key, um, we're going to talk about how close to or far away from you are from homeownership and real estate investment. And what's important about that is that we get to see the how how the underwriters use the four layers of risk to assess us. That's what our affordability worksheet is. And uh, you can find that, by the way, since we haven't pitched our keys section, is uh, on its own show now. Uh, so you can find this week's key in the Remember Real Estate Key at our Keys to Riches website, keystoriches.com. Or you can catch it here on our iTunes channel or Spreaker or wherever you catch us. So we're also syndicated on IPM Nation and a bunch of other repeaters. So you can also find the keys to riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. The key got so big that we couldn't contain it in one segment. So we had to make it its own show. And so we also have our affordability worksheet. And you can download that at the Keys to Riches website, keystoriches.com, and be able to determine or assess for yourself after you listen to the key and figure out how to do the worksheet. Then you can figure out how close to or far away from you are for real estate investment. And then you can start planning appropriately. It's another tool in your toolbox when you go do your 3-5 financial strategy. So we learned that in our goal achievement strategy. We also learned that in our key four, which was knowledge is power, not knowing is powerful, where we learned our 3-5 financial strategy. So I mean, we're just touching every key today. Now, the underwriter doesn't make decisions. He just presents data, correct? No, he's he, the decision guy. He's the decision maker. He's the one that says yay or nay. He, oh, okay. So like whoever your people are, so if it's an insurance person, they gather the information. Your insurance salesperson gathers all that information about you for whatever the type of insurance okay. it is. And then they present it to the underwriter. And then the underwriter has his criteria that said, I can write an insurance policy at this rate. If this criteria is made, so if they're in the age range, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, okay. they got a checklist. So just like, you know, for insurance, the, th the same thing works for mortgages. And so for mortgages, they evaluate the four layers of risk, character, capacity, capital, collateral, and they make a decision on, yes, I'll go forward with this loan as it is at this interest rate, or no, I won't, or I will go forward with this loan, but interest rate needs to be changed, or down payment needs to be increased, or some bills need to be paid off. They can create stipulations, too. Now, is each application sent into a, 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 a level of you know, specific level, like almost like a tax rate kind of thing. Like, okay, does he fit this level? Does he fit this level? Or is each application tailored to have their own fee? Are you with me? I'm with you. Okay. It's a simple answer, 
Uh-huh. But it's a bit of a lengthy one. It requires some explanation. Okay. Well, we, do, I mean, I guess we could... I no, guess you're going to answer. The I, I am going to answer okay. it. So, uh, there's, two t- there's essentially two types of loans. Conforming and non-conforming. So, if you think about conforming loans... They fit neatly into this box. In the four layers of risk, all of the ranges are met. Okay. This, All of the categories that are evaluated, this particular loan falls into those criteria. Yeah. And then there's non-conforming loans. So there's something stinky in the woodpile <laughs> about it. Well put. It could be credit issues. It could be lack of down payment. It could be sketchy job history. Um, it could be bad credit history. Yeah. It could be a variety of things. You know what I mean? Um, uh, high loan to value, stuff like that, stuff that would make it unusual. Uh, so when a loan officer takes the application, he knows what he's dealing with if people have been forthright and honest. So he is already, he's kind of creating a funnel, if you will, for the underwriter. And he knows which box it's going to go into, or likely he has an idea. So he kind of funnels it down to meet the criteria of the particular underwriter he's presenting it to. Uh So depending on whether you fit in this conforming box, or if you're outside the box, you can pretty much predict what your rate's going to be a canned rate. Right. Whatever the market right. is bearing currently. But if you're outside this conforming box, then it's going to be subject to individual tailoring. Cool. Now, there is another level that probably should be its own show as we out the financial markets and how, like, the mortgage industry and talk about what goes on behind the scenes. Because mm-hmm. that would be a really good show and it would be an in depth show for sure. And uh, it could be Emmy potential because. I would be airing the dirty laundry of the mortgage business. There you go. And, and I could tell you what really went wrong. I mean, a lot, everybody wants to blame Wall Street, but Wall Street was only part of the problem. Um, but anyway, uh, so when we think in terms uh, of this, uh, there's another factor that regardless of whether you fit into the box or out of the box, it all depends on how much the loan officer wants to make because each interest rate has a, quote, price to it, and that price is essentially how much money that the lender can make. So if today's, and I'm just going to use easy numbers. So if today's, uh, the smoking deal on a fixed rate loan right now was 10%. And if 10% was par, like if you paid a, a fee, you know, for the loan. So let's say you paid an origination fee of 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, and a smoking deal was p- and par, meaning it didn't cost you anything to buy the rate. And uh, for, meaning the lender and the lender wasn't making any money, that's par. Um, then that's all that would be charged, and that would be the best rate possible for the borrower. But let's say the going rate par is 10%, and let's say you don't have a down payment, right? Or, or, or I'm sorry, you can't pay that 1% origination fee. Mm-hmm. So I can see which interest rates pay me a premium. And then I can sell you a different interest rate. So if totally smoke and deal is 10%, I can sell you 10 and a quarter or 10 and a half because today, if I lock that loan today, that interest rate has a higher value because it's going to make more money mm-hmm. over time. So there's a value to that. So maybe I can get 1% for selling you um, 10 and a quarter instead of the 10% rate. 
Now, and and here's where a lot of people got into trouble. You know, they would they used to allow you, and I don't know what the deal is now since the crash because I'm not in mortgages anymore. But some nefarious characters would sell an interest rate that had three percent on the back end for the lender, and still charge an origination fee. So they were making 4 to 6% on FHA government-insured loans, raping people that had no idea that this was going on behind the scenes. Because somebody, like when I had mentioned, I was just at, at a cocktail party and somebody had mentioned, oh, you're in the mortgage business, and they slapped me on the back. Don't you miss being able to make 4 to 6% on a deal? And I'm like, I never ripped off my customers. And I said that, and everybody went, <gasps> shut up. And most people know that I do high risk loans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's so, it, but I would never do that. I would never rake somebody over the coals, coals on origination fees like that, or yeah. charge them a higher interest rate that was unfair. Yeah. If par was ten and they could pay, you know, for my fee to do the loan, the one percent, then that's what they got. Yeah. You know, let's say they wanted a better rate. They wanted nine and a half, and that cost one percent. They could buy that rate. I could sell them that lower interest rate, but it would cost them a premium, mm-hmm. and I could charge them for that. So, But there's a lot of nuances that a lot of people don't understand go on behind the scenes yeah. in the mortgage business. And that's why these artificially low interest rates are not helping things. A smoking deal on a 30-year fixed rate loan should be around 8 to 9%. Homeowners shouldn't shouldn't be as high as it is. And and values would be better in check too yeah. mm-hmm. if interest rates weren't swinging so wildly and staying so low for so long because the banks can't make money. Inflation's at 4%. It costs a bank money to lend at 2%. It costs a bank to give you no interest. So who's at, who's at fault? Who's who's causing this problem for, for these interest rates? To well, if you want to start Fed. a political discussion, yeah. 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 The Fed, central banking, the whole system's right. kind right. of whacked. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of, by the way, I'm I'm halfway through reading the Libertarian Manifesto, Murray mm-hmm. Rothbard's book. Cool. It's very good. If people actually read what it means to be libertarian, they'd right. probably be like, oh, wait, that's me. Because libertarians are all about your individual rights, right. regardless of your color or your gender or your gender preference, whatever it is. Right. You know, they don't care. No. They, you know, because they've got this whole thing of society. We got the greater good of society, but what about when the greater good of the individual is taken into consideration and not aggressing against the individual? And that includes the state via taxation or the threat of physical violence, you know, like war and all of that stuff. Like, it's about the individual's rights. And when we understand it from that perspective, it's so brilliant. I need to really ingratiate myself more in it so I can articulate yeah, a better argument. People need to be educated more about it because that's the fear, I think. That's the knee jerk is, oh, God, you know, Alabama's going to roll back civil rights 50 years, you know, and, and that's everybody's fear. But but that's not what it's about. And Yeah, so I, I, I need to get through it a few more times to be able to really super articulate it. But um, it's incredible. Yeah. So that's your moolah word plus bonus not included in the price of today's show. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, by the way, um, this week's key in our keys to riches financial philosophy 
Uh, and for, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. The Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And uh, this week's key can be found at keystoriches.com and it's Remember Real Estate. So you're going to learn all about what I was just talking about. What I was just talking about will make way more sense when you get into this week's key. And remember to download the worksheet at keystoriches.com so you can be on track with this week's key. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get those automatically. It's kind of fabulous how they come just magically appears in your email inbox. Isn't that super fabulous? Uh, so anyway, so let's talk about today's savings tips, shall we? This segment of Unlock Your Wealth Radio is sponsored by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners by visiting our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash keepmyid and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So, Miguel. Yes. Have you ever done a Black Friday? You know, I stay away from it uh, pretty, pretty religiously. I mean, I just, I consciously don't want to go out into those crowds. You know, I just don't want to do it. I had never had until like about four years ago. Yeah. I went out and I only know it's four years because Facebook sent me a friendly reminder of all the photos. (laughs) (laughs) So I had never, ever done one until four years ago. We were in Utah for Thanksgiving. Interesting. And um, my stepson wanted a new video game. And we there was a bunch of us staying in one big house up there. And so I was like, yeah, I don't mind getting out. I've never done Black Friday. And it was, it was like starting the night before. Salt Lake City or the surrounding area? Uh, yes, it was Park City. Park City. Yeah. So we're in Park City. And so uh, Best Buy was having some sale on TVs if you did it at midnight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to say I finally did Black Friday shopping. And so there's a point to this story because it all plays into our biology-based money management. Okay, so me, the dog, the kid, in the truck, down to Best Buy. And because I didn't know the mall, really, or whatever, and I'm like, wow, there's like nobody here. We park, and we get out, and we walk into the store, and not realizing there's all this underground parking. That's where everybody really parked. Yeah, yeah. We walk into the store, so I'm like thinking nobody's there. I'm like, have they not gotten up yet? What? Still people eating turkey? We walk in, and it was like, whoa! It was unbelievable. Yeah. By the way, P- Park City is the ultimate dog-friendly town. Now, we're a service dog, so we go anywhere anyway. Cool. cool. But it is the ultimate dog-friendly town. There were dogs in there. It was like, you know, it was like a day at the dog park showing up uh. Best Buy. So, I was, you know, we went and found our video games, and there was like something else that I was looking for. Some, I don't know what it was, some sort of gadget or, I don't know, like an adapter, something like that I forgot at home. So, I was, I was going to pick up another one. And then we were looking, and we're like wondering why people are like are encircling the interior of the building, right? And we had no idea. It's because everybody's looking for those monster TVs, you know, that were on sale for like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. That was the line to check out. It wrapped around the inside of the store twice. Wow. I know. I'm like, holy Mary, mother of God. What is this? What have I got my seven It's like Black Friday was cool until it came time to check out. Exactly. But I look over and I see the cell phone. 
department, right? Because you know how the Best Buy cell phone department is like its own little uh-huh. section separate from the regular checkout. And I walked over and I'm like, there's two people in that line. And I'm like, oh, come on, Connor. We're just going to like sneak in this line. We're going to take cuts, right? So we go over there and I'm like, can we check out here? And they're like, are you buying a phone? And I'm like, do I have to in order to check out here? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay. So $700 later. So you bought a phone. <laughs> it was. So, so I made a value assessment. I'm like, $700. Two hours. Standing in line for two hours. $700, two hours. So I'm like, is leaving here now with stuff better than leaving here empty-handed or leaving here in two hours? So am I willing to spend 350 bucks an hour and two years of contract life on my cell phone to get a new phone? And like, I, you know, I'm a gadget girl anyway. I would have gotten the phone. So you... But, but, yeah. but... I was driven because of the biology of the situation. Right, right. So if we think about it, if we drill it back, you know, towards pleasure, away from pain, there you go. standing in line with all these other people, you know, and it was noisy. It was noisy. I mean, and people were having a good time. It was polite. It wasn't raucous or anything right. crazy, but it was pretty noisy and stuff. And And I'm thinking... You know, there's all these people here and my service dog is supposed to watch my blood sugar. But, you know, when you're in close proximity to other people, he could give me a false alert because he's smelling the guy standing next to me who hadn't eaten in four hours and his blood sugar's dropping. (laughs) I could get that alert. So, like, that's just not a productive place for me. But all I'm giving you are excuses for not standing in line. Well, for two did, hours. I mean, could you have ordered the TV on online? I didn't even want the TV. The people, all the people were there to buy the $100 TV. There was like a $1,000 TV. You were buying a Game Boy. I, I, I was just buying a video game, not even a whole console. Like we, we got like, uh, they had this new like controller, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So it was like a controller with a video game and like we wanted to be the first kids on the block with it kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, and, and and the eventuality is because I like cell phones. That's my one little spoiler splurge kind yeah. of thing for myself. I don't really have a super whole lot of indulgences because my husband does my shopping for me for fashion. So, and he'll spend more than I will. You know, I'm I'm a little tighter yeah. in the wallet when it comes to fashion. <laughs> but he'll buy all of the good stuff, right? So I'm like, well, so if I don't have to waste my money on clothes, like that means I just have more money for gadgets. So yeah. ideally, I would have gotten the next Note phone because I think at the time it was. The Note Three, uh-huh. so I, but not necessarily right then and there. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. That wasn't my intent, and I wouldn't have walked out with that phone if it wasn't for the biology of the right. situation. Thinking about the pain, thinking about having to hang out for two hours, you know, standing in line, nothing to drink, nothing to do, chew the fat with the neighbors, maybe risk a blood sugar alert. Like I had all these these yeah. justifications. For bad money management, I've piling prob- up. I've probably been. I've probably been there, but I would never probably spend seven hundred dollars to stay out of a line. You know, maybe I'd spend seven dollars. I would have spent the seven hundred on the phone at some point, but likely it wouldn't have been that day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, but that's how cool the phones are. You know what I mean? So that's why I had oh, yeah. to have it. I mean, I, I that's I get I get it completely. Why you would do that? But for people that don't have money, that don't have discretionary income, 
do the same thing when, oh, but you know, they're only a kid once. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you only get one shot at retirement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you better get it right. Yeah. So let's talk about some tips to curb overspending in the holidays because this will happen to you in some form. You'll have oh, yeah. your own version of Absolutely. overspending. And so I clearly overspent. I went to spend like $200 and I wound up spending a thousand bucks at Best Buy because I, you know, plus tax and Uncle Sam doing its theft grab there. But anyhow, I'm getting all of this great stuff from this libertarian book, Taxation is Theft. I'm like, yes, it is. I feel aggressed upon by the federal (laughs) government. So let's talk about ways that we can curb our overspending. And so this is going to go back to our key um, in no seasonal exceptions. And we're going to start using our card up philosophy. They're, they're talking down there. That's why oh. these guys are on the move. I can hear oh, them. Okay. So our card up philosophy is simply this, make out your holiday list because we have to remember at the holidays that people want your presence in the ENCE format, meaning you appearing, not your presence in the ENTS format stuff. Okay. And so start with the cards. We make our list. Everybody gets a card because cards are usually easily budgeted in a strategic spending plan. Then you can call your list for the people that you want to recognize or remember a little bit more intimately, a little bit more significantly. And then you can pick those people and say, okay, and now we can take what we know we have to comfortably spend. And then we can take and figure out what our budget is for those particular items and craft a savings and spending strategy based on what we know. And then we need to write that down and then we need to take it with us. And then before we go into the store, we don't want to have any preconceived notions. If it's going to be arduous, am I going to get into a fight with somebody? We just want to stay focused and relaxed because if we keep our heart rate under 130 and we allow ourselves to maintain deep, regular, slow breathing, we won't have an adrenaline dump one way or the other. Because I'm looking around the room and all of a sudden it hit me and I could feel this overwhelm, like I've got to stand here for two hours. Because that's what the lady said. You know, she's like, buckle up. We've been here a couple hours. And I was like, holy smokes. So you've already been here two hours is what you're saying, (laughs) ma'am. And you're only here and you got that much further to go. So two hours was my minimum. Wait. Uh, so you're going to have your own thing. And if you feel like you were making those kinds of decisions, you need to walk away, take a breath, shake it off. You know how when animals get up and they shake, shake sure. their fur or something happens, they're playing with their little buddies and then, and then they walk away and they shake, they're shaking it off literally. Yep. So you want to shake it off. You do want to use credit cards, but only carry the cards that you know you'll be using. Don't take the whole wallet full of stuff. And even though you are armed with a savings and spending plan, you can still safely use your credit cards because you're going to make a commitment to pay it off at the end of the month. You're not going to allow it to carry a balance. So it's a non-issue. And remember to use credit cards over debit cards because they offer you better consumer protections. You also want to make sure that you're shopping with your chip card and using retailers that accept a chip portion. Because if you swipe a chip card on the magnetic strip, you are still giving away your account information. So in the event of a data breach, which happens, it, it, there's increased, increased frequency at this time of year, 
because it's just the holidays and there's bigger spending, that they're going to have your account information. And But when you can use that chip card and you can dip the chip into the reader, then now you've got an encrypted transaction and you don't have to worry. Even if there is a data breach, it is not going to affect you because it's going to be a mass of jumbled numbers without the encryption key. Um, cash is not always best because you run the risk of a physical confrontation with somebody if they try to steal your money. Um, but you know, you can mentally perform as if you have cash, if you know how much cash you want to spend, spend that on the card and then go to the, to get a money order. If you have to, if you need to be that disciplined, get a money order and send that check in the mail, get that money order off to your credit card issuer. And now you just spent your cash. It's a great little tool. And now you know what you can spend on on your thing. People think, oh, well, I need, you know, debit cards because I know what my limit is. Well, you still know what your limit is. You're just using that as a crappy justification for going nuts on your credit cards. And we've got to fix that problem. And by controlling our physiology and keeping ourselves in our right frame of mind, then we'll be fine. Uh, And uh, finally, remember that you are not obligated. Giving is about giving. The holidays is about giving and the giver, not the recipient, okay? And so don't feel like you're less than a person because you can't give at the level you would prefer. Because people understand times are tough and not everybody is prospering. And nobody wants you to go into debt to get to to receive a gift. It, because you just have to look at yourself. Would you want somebody to refinance their house just to give you a gift? No, you wouldn't. Yeah. And other people will understand that. And express your sentiments. Make it make a gift. You don't have to go out and buy a gift. You can make things. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I, I like making food and I like making food stuffs and body scrubs and M- Miguel makes music here. <laughs> so there's so many great things that you can do. And so that's kind of it. If you want more holiday shopping, saving and spending tips, please visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com. And for the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhals. Make it a happy, safe and healthy, prosperous day. And good luck with this holiday shopping season. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com. 